Hi, welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast, where every mom can find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. You'll hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning how to navigate motherhood. Most of all, you'll learn that you have a partner in motherhood, a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to succeed and is always there to help you in your most important work as a mother. And now, here's your host, my mom, Dara Trendler. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. This is Darla, and I haven't done too many episodes by myself, but today, in honor of my 20th episode, I thought I would share some thoughts with you about something spiritually minded, and I'm saying that in quotes, that's been on my mind a lot lately. So if you've listened to the majority of the last 19 episodes, you may have noticed that I frequently ask guests how someone can help another person who's been in a situation that's similar to theirs, or I've asked what the best way they've been helped by someone else was. Here's a couple of examples of that from previous episodes. The first example is from episode two. This was my interview with Allie Jones. And Allie is awesome because she was one of the first people I reached out to. She didn't know me and she said yes to doing an interview when I had no episodes published. So I'm really grateful for that. Allie has been through a lot as a mother, and one of those things that she has had to face is losing her newborn daughter at birth. And in this clip, we talk about how other people helped her during that time in her life. What's the best way that people supported you through this, even though it was hard to tell them? Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, you don't, nobody likes to say, well, please serve me in this way. Right. None of us want that, right? And I think it's hard because everybody grieves differently. So what worked for me won't necessarily work for somebody else. And that's really hard to be on the other end of not, not knowing what that person needs. And you just want to help. She died in our arms at home. We were able to bring her home. So she lived two and a half days and we brought her home from the hospital. And, um, it was just kind of like, okay, Allie, put a smile on your face. We're going to get through this kind of like fake it till you make it. And, um, I feel like my friends that stepped in and just walked into our house anyway and like listened to the spirit that told them how to help it was it's just amazing to see this like flood of um support immediately after i have one friend that thought on her way to work early in the morning at like 7 in the morning she thought you know what i need to drop off an extra newborn girl outfit on Allie's doorstep, just in case she needs it. Cause we'd only told, we'd only picked out one outfit. We were told she was going to live minutes to hours. So we picked out one outfit for her to wear and she ended up living for two and a half days and we didn't have any girl clothes. And she kind of like started to smell in them. And I was like, Oh no, what do we do? Like we can't, it was just kind of a weird situation. And my friend had the the thought just came to her, like, let's go drop off an outfit. And just little things like that, just listening. I could tell my friends were like also in tune with the spirit to know exactly what I needed at that time. I really love what Allie said about how her friends knew what she needed. And the way that they knew it is by following the spirit. That is a key thing that I'm learning about serving others and ministering is that we have to follow the spirit. In the next example, this is from an interview I did with Julie Monroe. This is episode eight of the podcast. And Julie was diagnosed with cancer. She had three young girls at the time. And she talks in this clip about how other people served her during that time. 
So you also mentioned that you had a lot of help. There were, you know, you had to give up the perfect mom and that I'm going to do this all on my own and I can do everything. And you had to have people come in and help you. What advice would you give to someone who knew someone like you going through something hard? How would you want someone to help you? I think, um, for me, it was a very humbling experience. I'm um, pretty stubborn and I'm always one of those people who's like, no, I got this. I, I can do it, you know, and I can do yeah. it myself. And I've always been that way. So it was, it was very humbling to take a step back and to realize I can't do this by myself. Uh, we do need some help. And people are so willing to give service and to help you. My advice would be let people help you, let them in. My girls learned so much about receiving service and about, you know, then thanking people for that service. Also, one thing that I wanted to mention, because what I really appreciated from people was them treating me normally still, because when you have cancer at first, I felt like I had a big sign on my back that said, I have cancer. And I felt like everybody was looking at me and knew, oh, that, that mom right there, she has cancer. And I know that was just in my head. But I felt that's what I really felt like. And so when people, and it is awkward, you know, you don't know what to say. You don't know how to act around people. But what I really appreciated the most was, was those people who still, you know, called me or sent me a text or just stopped by and said, Hey, what's up? How are you? How are you doing? Is there anything we can do for you? And I just really appreciated, appreciated all of that because I, I, at the end of the day, yes, I had cancer, but cancer is not me. Yeah. It I'm doesn't define me. you. Yeah. You're right. still, you're still a person and, and, and you still right. have needs. And I'm sure you totally appreciated those people that just reached out and, and that's oh. great advice. Even if you feel awkward, just reach out and, yes. and the person that you're reaching out to can, can let you know what they need. What right. They need and help maybe, with. you know, you can even say to them, Oh, I don't know if you want to talk about cancer or not. You can ask them because I guarantee they'll be honest with you of, you know, I don't feel like talking about it or, you know, I like for me, I'm pretty open about it. And you can ask me anything about the cancer, the treatment, anything like that. And, um, it doesn't bother me at all. It's actually kind of therapeutic to me. Yes. (laughs) Um, to talk about it. And that's kind of why I started the Instagram account and my blog just to it's, it is, it really has helped me to kind of get it out there and put it down and write about it. And then sort of release it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's why it, and, and someone else may not want to talk about it. Maybe they just want to talk about what they watched on TV last night or mm-hmm. whatever. So it is important, I think, to just ask the person, but make them feel like a person. You know, they are yes. still a person and, and make them feel that way and that you care. Julie's story is a great example of how to receive help. And then also as the person that wants to help someone else, just showing up and just being there and trying to figure out what someone needs. We have to be there in order to know. And that is a great example to me. Okay, the next clip that I want to play for you, is, this is the final one. This comes from episode 17. This is with Noralee Jones. Noralee is a very young mom and her husband is in the military. He's a naval officer and he is frequently gone. And so in this clip, she's just talking about how someone else reached out and helped her. Well, one of the things you mentioned earlier was being able to call a girlfriend or, you know, talk to someone. How have other, how do other people in your life help you? What's the best way for someone to offer help to you? Honestly, the best way is just to come visit. It's, it's really the social interaction I feel like that I need the most and that I miss the most. 
I don't like to be called super mom because then it feels like other moms might be failing. But I feel like in the day to day grind of everything, I have like a system, I have a rhythm, I, I can get but the, the lonely is the biggest thing I have a hard time with. Mm-hmm. And so one of the biggest ways that I feel like I need help with is just to connect with people, to have opportunities to connect with people, to find my own tribe. And, and it's so important to find your own tribe, to find the people that you can rely on and call on and to be there for you when, when I need them. For example, I actually, I actually in San Diego, right before we moved here, I broke my toe and I was trying to get my three-year-old to just go to the restroom and not argue with me. And I turned and I saw my sweet, adorable, crazy two-year-old trying to share, quote unquote, share his open cup of water with his baby sister who was in the car seat. (laughs) So he was basically about to waterboard her without, you know, meaning to. And I ran to go stop him and and jammed my foot. And and broke my toe. And I knew I broke my toe immediately. I, I dropped to the floor. Um, I, you know, screamed, it was not pleasant. And I hear my three-year-old from the bathroom asking me if I was okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I crawl over to my phone because my phone is up high on the counter. I crawl over on the floor, pick it up. And I knew immediately who to call because this girl never came over to my house to like help me out per se, but she was one of my people. She was in my tribe. I knew that she would be somebody who could drop anything and come to me even though she never had in those two years we lived in San Diego, she never had to, but I knew she could because she was somebody that I trusted and that we became friends because she would just, we would just hang out and we would just talk and just have that social interaction, have that bond. Norley's story really illustrates to me how important it is just to connect with people, just to be a friend, um, reach out and have those interactions, even if they seem informal, they'll be those interactions that we make now and connecting with people will be really important in a time of need so that we can know what someone needs or that they feel comfortable enough to be able to call us. Do you see a theme here? I am always very curious about how guests have been served by other people and what their perspective is on being served. And in today's episode, I want to tell you why I have that curiosity and desire to know more about how people like to be served. You probably already know that I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And a few months ago, our church leaders asked the whole church to step up our game in how we serve each other. So if you're not familiar, in the past, as church members, we've been assigned to a few individuals in our congregation. And as part of that assignment, we were asked to visit these fellow church members once a month to give them a spiritual message and to see how they were doing. We were also encouraged to help them where needed. So at the end of the month, someone else would contact us and we could report if we had visited our people or not. And I have had some great experiences in my life serving this way. I have had great people come and visit me and I have learned so much from them. And I have visited others and built friendships that I greatly value. But now we were being asked to take this service to a new level. And at first I was like really excited. I'm like, this is great. You know, we're going to, we're going to move to a higher plane. We're going to do something different. This is awesome. We were being asked to throw the reporting at the end of the month thing out the window and to just get out and truly minister as Jesus Christ did to the individuals we were assigned to and to anybody else around us. So I was excited. But shortly after this announcement, my husband received a new calling at church and he was asked to lead all the men in our ward. Um, in ministering and in other ways. And because of this new calling, my husband and I started having a lot of conversations about what ministering is and what it should look like. 
And it became an almost daily topic of discussion for us as we as he was trying to figure out how to carry out his new responsibilities. So with our daily discussions, I found that I was frequently thinking about ministering too. This, the topic seemed to be coming up a lot in my discussions with other people in my daily life. Also in my daily scripture study, I kept bumping into all these scriptures that seemed to be talking about ministering. But I am a little embarrassed to tell you that I was doing a lot of murmuring in my head about this new level of service that I was being asked to do. So the call to minister was concerning for me for a few reasons. First of all, this is something that you may not know about me, but I am an introvert and it borderlines on being a little extreme sometimes. I really like people, but I get energy from being alone. And I used to think that this was a really terrible character trait that I had. And I was always be kind of embarrassed about it. But I've come to realize that it can be a strength too. I am really independent. I don't have a problem going places on my own. I am very confident on my own. I'm alone all day every day when my kids go off to school and my husband goes to work. And I really love it. And being an introvert doesn't mean that I'm shy. I have no problem talking to a stranger or a large group of people. But because I get from my energy from being alone... I often don't put myself out there to get to know new people. I will tell you that one of the, th- the things that I really dislike a lot is small talk. And I know that sometimes it's necessary, but I really love the genuine, deep conversations that you can have with a person one-on-one. Those are the things that really fill me up, and, and I, re- I really like that. So the first problem I had was, I was I'm kind of an introvert. And then second... The old way of going out and serving people in my congregation really worked great for me. I am naturally a to-do list kind of person. I like to know what I need to do and I get out there and I do it. So scheduling a monthly visit and going to make the visit and then reporting that I did the visit was pretty easy for me. So here I was wanting to do what I know I needed to do, but I was struggling because I didn't know what ministering should look like in my life. So one day I had the opportunity to have one of those deep, meaningful conversations that I really love with someone that I know who was really struggling. And I had just happened to run into her. It was a chance meeting. It wasn't anything that I had planned. And I, we talked and she shared with me what was going on in her life. And I expressed my love to her and I testified of the Savior's love to her. I told her to hold on because it would get better. And while I was talking to her, I felt that we had crossed paths that day for a reason. I felt the Spirit guiding me in what I had to say to her, and I felt really good. That very same day, later in the day, I was scrolling through social media and read some thoughts that someone else had written about what we shouldn't say to someone experiencing a trial. So the words that this, this person wrote stopped me dead in my tracks. I had said many of the things that day to my friend in distress that I was now reading on social media that telling me that I had done it all wrong, that I said all the wrong things. And I didn't know what to think. And this experience brought a lot more questions to the surface about what ministering should look like. It almost made me feel like I just want to throw my hands up and say, I don't want to do this because I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to seem like I'm fake. You know, I, I just don't know what to do. So in my formal assignment to minister at church, I was given all new women to connect with in my congregation. So I've, I've lived in my ward for a long time. I knew them, but I didn't have a deep relationship with them. And I was super worried that they would perceive me as inauthentic and ungenuine. If I just started popping by to chat or invite them to do something, I wasn't very comfortable with just suddenly taking an interest in them just because I was assigned. And my experience feeling like I had helped my friend 
And then I read things, something on social media that made me doubt that experience and really didn't help with, with all these feelings that I was having. I really wanted to build relationships with these women, but I was paralyzed by thoughts of doing things wrong, saying the wrong things, and feeling I would come across as fake. So I let the paralysis win. And I did nothing except to continually talk to my husband about his this ministering thing and how I didn't get it and didn't know what to do. So one night, my husband called me to repentance. And I will tell you that he's had some practice with that a time or two in our 20-year marriage because I'm a little rough and he, would fre- he frequently needs to set me straight. So my husband very lovingly told me to stop wasting my energy and worrying about what to do and how to do it and if I was doing it wrong and just to simply do something. And I knew he was right. I just needed to do it. So I started by taking a little treat to one of those women I was assigned to on her birthday. And then I ordered some scripture cards from Courtney Casper and I delivered a set to someone else. And then I saw one of my ministering sisters in the hall at church. And I reached out and I struck up a conversation with her, which was something I hadn't done before. And my husband rounded the corner in the hallway at the church at the exact moment that I greeted her. And he just gave me that knowing smile. And you know the one, like when your husband has a satisfaction of knowing that he was right. Uh, yeah, he gave me that smile. But but I had done it. I had done something. And, and I started to feel like I was getting the vision of what this ministering thing would look like for me. And I just started taking small steps and the understanding started to come. So I have continued to think about ministering almost every day. It still seems to be coming up in my daily scripture study. And I believe at times that God has a theme he wants us to learn more about. And for me right now, that theme is ministering. So one day last week, I woke up at 5 a.m. because I had an insanely busy day. I work from home as an editor, and I had what felt like a week's worth of work to get done in one day. And on top of that, I had two doctor's appointments for my kids, a church activity to attend as a leader, and then, of course, all the regular mom stuff that I do every day anyway. I, didn't, I knew that I didn't have much time, but I also knew I couldn't get through this day without some connection to God. And I spent five minutes reading a verse in the scriptures, and because I frequently write out my prayers, I wrote out a little three-sentence prayer. And in that prayer, I asked God to help me be better at connecting with others. I told him I wanted to know better how to minister and asked him to continue to show me the way. I knew in my heart that day that he would answer me, but I was completely blown away by how quickly he did it. So I got up and I got to work and I went on with my day. And like I said, this was literally one of the busiest days I have had in a long time. But at the end of the day at 11.30 p.m., I realized how Heavenly Father had directly answered my prayer from that morning. At lunchtime, I had decided to take a break from work and go grab something to eat at a restaurant close to my house. So I backed out of my garage, got out onto the main street, and there was some construction just outside of my neighborhood. And I almost decided, oh, I don't need to go to lunch at this particular restaurant that I had been planning to go. I'll just go through a drive-thru. I don't have a lot of time. I'll just grab something. And then I was heading to the library to go work and not be distracted by the laundry and everything else in my house, which is a problem if you work from home. Um, so anyway, I pull out and there's all this construction. I'm like, eh, I'm, not, I'm just going to bag this. I'm going to go through a drive through So I circle around the neighborhood to avoid the construction. And then I find, oh, here I am in front of this restaurant that I had just decided to go to and then decided not to go to. And so here I was. So I just parked and I went in and decided to go get some lunch. So after I ordered my food, I saw someone I know from my neighborhood, and she works from home too, and she was doing the exact same thing I was, taking a break from work. 
And she saw me and we greeted each other and she invited me to sit down with her and we started chatting. We talked about her life and my life and some of the struggles we were both facing. And we talked for less than half an hour, but I walked away feeling so uplifted and so grateful that I had run into her. I got back to work and thought all afternoon about the great connection I had made and the opportunity God had put right in my path with very little effort on my part. I was just going to lunch, which was something I was going to do anyway. And in the early evening, I went to the activity for the 8 to 11-year-old girls at church. I'm an activity days leader. We had an activity about speaking kind words and loving others. And during just a one-hour activity, I had two different opportunities to talk to individual girls about their worth. One of the girls was older, and I was able to have a very deep discussion about the atonement of Jesus Christ and share my testimony with her and my knowledge that I know that he loved her. It was amazing. So after the activity, I went outside and I was chatting with one of the moms who had come to pick up her daughter, and I found out about some difficult challenges that she was having, and I was able to encourage her and make a plan to offer some help. And then finally, later that night, my daughter had had a friend come with us to activity days, and her mom came to pick her up, and I was able to share my heart about and my beliefs of the gospel with my daughter's friend's mom. And again, it was an experience that just totally filled me up, and I felt like maybe it made a difference for her, and I knew that it made a difference for me. So back to that prayer I said at 11.30 p.m. at the end of a long and busy day. I realized that God had directly answered my plea to learn how to minister and to make connections with others. And the miracle was that he had done it on a busy day when I had no margin in my life, and he hadn't done it once or twice in my day, but four times. It was a miracle. I felt like God was taking me by the hand and showing me what ministering could look like in my life. So I am not telling you all of this to tell you what ministering should look like for you. I'm only telling you this if that if you're struggling like I was, that there's hope and that God can show you the way that it looks like for you. I can only tell you what it looks like for me. And and this is just a small example of what I'm learning. And I have a long way to go. But I will tell you that there's no one prescribed way. No one can say, there's not a checklist to say, if someone's going through a trial, here's what you should say and here's what you shouldn't say. We have to go by the Spirit. That's the biggest thing I'm learning is that we have to be in tune with God's Spirit. It's about doing the things in my life that will help me to be in tune. And it's about doing something, even if it feels small. It's about asking a loving Father who knows the person that I want to help, what they need and how I can serve them. I can only say that if you're struggling to understand ministering and serving as Christ did on a deeper level, there's hope and that God can make it happen. So thanks for letting me share this little piece of myself with you today. I don't know why I felt inspired to share this, but I'm really grateful for all of you for taking the time to listen each week to this podcast. I, my only goal here is to help moms feel that, they're, that God is with us and that he wants to help us in our mothering and in our lives to become more Christ-like. And this is just an example of how I see that in my own life. And I hope that it will give you some inspiration and some, some courage to go to him and to find out what it looks like for you. And I hope you have a great day and thanks for listening. 
I know you have a million things to do, and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. For more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedmom. And if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day, and remember, you are doing God's work, and you are doing it wonderfully well.